To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Well, good morning, gardeners and homesteaders and container gardeners and hydroponic gardeners and no other kind of gardener there is out there. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast. We are here to talk to you about something very interesting. Are you a casual gardener or are you a very deliberate gardener? That is the question. I think there's a two opposing forces on this podcast team as well, so it should be interesting. I may be wrong. But we'll see. Where where do you fall? Where do you fall, Batavia? Let's get that out of the way. I want to be a intentional gardener, but the whimsy deliberate. of deliberate, yeah. Okay, I don't. These uh, are the terms we decided. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks for allowing me to speak freely and just you know speak from the, my heart, my garden heart. But anyway, stick to the uh, script. why does everything seem so intense um i'd like to be a deliberate gardener um but i get swept up um simply put you know yeah and so that leads me yeah I, i wouldn't i couldn't describe myself as casual there's no way with what i'm doing i'd describe myself as casual but um Against my better judgment, I'm not always as deliberate as I want to be. But I, think I still have a, fun and love it all. I think there's a time in the year in which I start to get pretty casual, though. I will say that. So, and we'll we'll, we'll discuss that too because it should be interesting. Um, and there's, you know, as I've thought about it, there are benefits and cons, non benefits to both of them. I don't know. So it just depends, but I think, you know, as usual, a combination may be good for all of us to do. But if you're new to the show, I'm Ben Gardner and I'm with my lovely co-host, Batavia. And we are on Patreon and Apple subscriptions if you'd like to support the show. We have t-shirt links, Amazon lists of stuff that we use in our gardens that we only use in our gardens. So we don't put anything in there that we have not used and tested or approved. So you can check that out and all those things will help support our show. So thank you very much for that ahead of time. Um, yeah. And on that note, I'm trying to think. So, Jumping right in, what would make you a casual gardener? Like, what's the um, parameter here? Well, it's I'm just going to throw some situations out because you don't need to have all of these things. All of these things don't need to be true to make you a casual gardener. Uh, let's say you skip a, gar- a growing season, you know, and, and again, I'm setting aside like real life things that prevent you from getting into the garden. It's like, oh, I grew some stuff, you know, two years ago. Oh, I'll have a garden this year. Like, that's casual. Right. Yeah, I was thinking more along the lines of like, I'm going to plant my garden, but what goes where doesn't really matter. I'm just going to go with the wind and kind of put it in. So, but I get where you're coming to where you may or may not have a garden doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one. I think what you described is another. I think um, the, the idea of, you know, this year I'm planting a couple of things and, you know, something to be said about maybe I, 
I just like to plan and grow things. You know, maybe I give away most of what, you know, I grow. You could be yeah. a casual gardener, you know, in that way. Um, I think there are a few different things and I don't think, you know, I'm team do what makes your garden heart happy. Your team, you do you mm-hmm. and I'll do me. Yeah. And deliberate. I mean, I think that's like, you, you know, you, well thought out plans, you know, um, planting schedules, um, researching stuff. Like, I think it just follows down the path of more being deliberate. I mean, it goes without mm-hmm. saying, I think so. Um, and as I started saying those things, I've realized that I was kind of talking about myself, which made me feel a little uncomfortable. So there is that, but, um, there's definitely a time and place for both though. And I think that either one can get in the way of what you're doing. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, there's this big thing about expectations that we don't always speak of, you know, when it comes to gardening, you and I, I think we do often when we're speaking, you know, one-on-one and then even on the show. But I think the casualness can sometimes come crashing down when, you know, although you may be kind of, oh, I'm just going to sprinkle some seeds out when you don't get what you think you should have. There's some disappointment. Earlier on in the show, like in the early years, you know, (laughs) it's like kind of, it's A.B. after Batavia. So in the early years of the show, I was very, very intentional about um, kind of protecting the gardener and the gardener's spirit, you know, just really wanting to help people manage their expectations and ultimate disappointment. Because my fear has always been, you know, if you have a bad growing experience, you know, it could turn you off to gardening. And I just want everyone to enjoy (laughs) gardening. Um, And so I've I've probably let those reins uh loose a bit just because you know i just i have to protect my garden heart (laughs) but i say that to say you know i have a friend it's like oh i sprinkled some uh, watermelon seeds and some pepper seeds and it's like all in one like little pot and i'm just like (laughs) yeah and okay um so we chatted about that a little bit but you know she is gonna be disappointed you know and maybe not in the way that i would be disappointed when something fails but um with a little bit more um what's the term we're using deliberate deliberacy no if she's a little bit more deliberate then she probably could have had you know a nice melon to harvest um so you get things like oh i never can grow anything or that never you know everything dies you know people say things like that she would show me a picture of like oh this is what it looks like and you know and then this is what it looks like when it wakes up and it's like this isn't one of these crops that like really goes to sleep you know there's certain a lot of flowers do that um no this is when it's dry and it hasn't been watered and this is when you've given it some water like this is the difference between the two um so, yeah, I mean, I think that the impact on, you know, how satisfied you are at, in the end, um, you may be able to look back to see how casual you were with it. Not to say that if you're deliberate, there isn't disappointment because Lord knows there is. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about it um, as you were talking, and I really don't like the word deliberate because I feel like there's only one way to use the word. Uh, just... <laughs> I think it's, you Batavia know, was right. 
write it down in your notebooks, everybody. Batavia was right. I think intentional is the correct word. There's no need to so. write it in your notebooks. This happens more often than not. So let's not, let's not get it twisted here. <laughs> I see that no, I set mean, up there. Yeah, yeah. And so, and my other question to you was, um, A.B., after Batavia, is that the point when the music played, the door swung open, and you pranced outside, and you said, I am now a gardener. Here I am. (laughs) Well, you know, I was a a different friend. So two things. One, there is a part of the season where Batavia becomes more casual. And it was now we were talking about what time we were going to record. I was literally dancing and singing in my garden and just throwing. It doesn't matter what my lovely neighbors think. Um, So that's a little bit more casual. You know, it's not the intensity has, you know, has uh, diminished a bit because I've gotten a lot of the things I wanted to get done done. Um, But no, the A.B. was like, you know, there was a show before Batavia. And so then I was telling the story is what I mentioned uh, to a friend about kind of how this came about. Um, Right. And it's it's sweet. I don't know. We'll do a uh, five year rewind episode, special episode of Backyard Gardens podcast. And we'll chat about that. That's on our anniversary, which we've Mm. yet to figure out. But I'm sure a lucky listener could um, find out when Batavia was first on the show and give us our anniversary date. Mm -hmm. But obviously, neither one of us care that much because we haven't looked yet. So, (laughs) hey Siri, what's no? (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I agree with you. I think you know when this all first started, it was the same thing for me. But at some point. You know, I started to realize, and I've talked to a lot of people, you know, one-on-one, communicated with other gardeners, and we've obviously spoken to a lot of gardeners, but I've learned that everybody's got their own way of doing it and their own reasons for doing Mm -hmm. it too, which I think is so important Mm -hmm. in this conversation because everybody has a different reason. You know, some people want a garden to relax. Mm -hmm. Some people want a garden to, you know, connect with nature, connect with nature. Some people want to do it for the end of the world. Some people want to do it to save money. Some people to bury just the bodies. Yeah. Bury the, yeah. Got to have a reason. You know, if you want something to push up daisies, you might as well have somebody under it. Right. But I mean, that's the whole thing is there's so many different reasons to do it. And it influences you to, to garden a certain way, I think, to an extent. And I, I keep coming back to this episode this year about how gardens evolve. It was mm-hmm. we did it earlier in the year and I found both of us referring to that term, which is that episode as well, um, throughout the year, multiple times, because it does change. You know, I remember when I first started gardening and I was just like, look, I'm just going to grow some food. You know, it didn't matter. And I was with a group of people and we were all about the same age. And it's funny, like, it seems like once people hit certain ages, things start to change and they get into like similar things. And there was like a group of people who had all gotten into gardening. We were all, I mean, it was about as casual as casual can be, but we were all into it and we were sharing produce with each other and having fun. So it was one of those things that we, you know, we enjoyed, but it started to go down a different path eventually for me into which I was like, no, I want to do more and more. And then started getting more and more intentional mm-hmm. about what I was doing. And I think um, the benefit for me when I became intentional is I really, really started to learn how 
certain plants grow and produce in my garden because I was intentional about doing it year after year. You know, it's like, I know how my Roma tomatoes are going to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like no questions asked. Like I know what to expect from them and all that. But if I was just kind of randomly plucking and I know that like there's tomato lovers out there that grow 50 types of tomatoes and rotate between 50 different types every year. I know you guys are going to hate me and I'm sorry, but you do if once you spend time and you deliberately do these things, you do really start to hone in on the technique for each one. And I think that's an important factor in all of this, because if you're growing it like I am for production purposes, that helps you to produce more. Would you not say? I mean, don't write it in your notebooks because this happens more often than we portray on this show. But I couldn't agree with you more. <gasps> I, I think I think it's all. Hold of on, those wait, wait, things. wait! Leonard just passed out. Go. I got to go give him some water. <laughs> Resuscitate! Yeah, someone please call nine one one. So I couldn't agree with you more. I was. Um, Gosh, I'm just so this is the casual part of me as a gardener in this moment in August. And I just I'm just overjoyed. I feel great. Right. You know, and so there's so much here that I want to unpack and I'm trying to stay the course. Um, I firmly believe that it takes multiple seasons to um, master some crops and then some varieties yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm not going to spend any time here, but, you know, my quest for potatoes, that has been a multi-year effort. Right. Yeah. You brought up the Romans. And I think it's interesting because I've had mixed results with Romans. I've had some really, really good years and I've had some years where it's like, eh. um, however, I think the Roma has been the most consistent. If I look back and this is off the top of my head, Um and in part, it's the one I've grown the the most years. Um, and I look at that and say that that feels good because I kind of feel like I can put that down. Like I have, I have, I can stop chasing kind of how this should work. Right. right. You know, but that takes, you don't just stumble upon that. That takes time. You're very intentional about, you know, learning how various things grow and you start paying more attention. I do want to comment as I was thinking about, this before we pressed record, right? Like it's great to be an intentional gardener or want to be an intentional gardener, but those are just words. You know how the common question is, where do I start? I want to grow a garden, but where do I start? Even the idea of transitioning into being more intentional. Sometimes the question is like, kind of what does that mean? And, and, and what does it take to be that intentional gardener? Um, and there are a few different answers that I have in my head. And so when I say things like, I really want to be an intentional gardener, but sometimes I get carried away, you know, and then it becomes more casual. I have some of that formula and then I kind of buck the system and I don't follow that plan. But there's yeah. some things I'm still trying to figure out like, all right, you know, should I be going left or right here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean... Actually, you know what? I'm going through a casual versus intentional thing as we speak. Come on. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Here we go. So, <laughs> so I've got, um, and it, it has nothing to do with vegetables either. Imagine mm-hmm. that. So I've got this pollinator garden that I was my dream. And my whole idea behind it, everybody, was I was just going to throw out some seeds and let it grow and let it recede. And I didn't care. Well, after three, maybe even four years now, 
it's just been struggle bus. I couldn't tell what was seed, what was weed, what was flour. So, you know, I went in and I put some stuff in there and I've kind of slowly added a few things. And then this year we added a waterfall to it because, you know, we've got bees now. So we want to provide some easier food for them. And I wanted to give them a water source that was an enjoyable. So I've decided to take it onto a more approachable, deliberate measure of, you know, getting this thing going. And I've done a couple things. Like I've made myself like a really tight budget and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm put, I'm going to put the whole thing on YouTube. So there'll be videos periodically coming out about this garden, especially as it cools off and we'll start to work on it. But the casual thing for me, that did not work whatsoever. I definitely had a couple things that worked out. Okay. But that's been my experience a lot of the time when I went real casual with stuff is like, it just didn't really do my thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I did corn last year and I went super casual mm-hmm. with it and I didn't even get to begin to form corn. This year I went a little bit more non-casual and I began to form corn. So next year, maybe I'll go completely deliberate or intentional and end up growing corn and harvesting some good corn. So it's like, you know, for me, I just find that like, if I do it real casual, I tend to like block it off in my mind and be like, well, it's out of sight, out of mind. I'm not going to worry about it. Whatever happens, happens. And then here I am four years later. I mean, you only get one chance on this planet, right? And it's something that like, I want this pollinator garden to be something. So I need to like say, no, you know what? I'm going to focus on this and I'm going to intentionally plant this the way I think it should be planted and like put what I think should go in here in there. And then hopefully I can be more successful at it. Yeah. That's my goal now. So let's take a step back because we spoke about, you know, are you an intentional gardener? Cause we've just rebranded this episode, um, an intentional gardener or a casual gardener. And to the point with what you were describing and, what I described about, you know, that changes throughout the season sometimes for us. Yeah. Um, it's very, very difficult if you're growing more than a half a dozen crops. Let's just call that a number. Just made that up to be intentional about it all. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's not that's not the part in which I switch to casual. The part when I switch to casual is when it's time to start replanting stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I start getting super casual. Like, oh, I'll just put a squash here and I'll Mm -hmm. do this here and there and da-da-da. And what I've found, and this applies to me, I'm not saying it applies to anybody else, but what this applies to me is whenever I go really casual on something like this, it's my ignorance showing. Because like with the pollinator girl, Mm. like I didn't understand what was going Mm -hmm. on. I didn't understand what was planting. So I was just like, well, let me go casual so I don't get my feelings hurt. But, Mm. you know, and it's just like when I replant something, it's like I understand when it comes to vegetables where to go. But I think there's parts when it's like you don't understand the next step in the garden. Like for right now, we're going into a fall season So there's a whole fall garden ahead of us. And so not understanding when things are going to come out, I start to get a little bit frivolous with where I put things. And then I start a whole new headache for myself. Well, I'm getting some squash and I don't really want to pull it, but 
And meanwhile, the squash is like looking at you going, please just take me out. Please. I've got this terrible disease and I've got all the pests. And I mean, it's just death, you know. So that's my issue. I don't know. You know, everybody has their own story, but that's what I've found about me. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it would be like episode one of Batavia turns into a casual gardener. Like, there are a few different trigger points for me. Um, it's, so, I think you're absolutely right when it comes, when it's after that initial planting. Yeah. So, whenever that planting happens, after that is when I start to get like, oh, okay, well, let's just try, right? Yeah. Um, now... <laughs> this morning so i have a brand new raised bed by the time you hear this it should be planted lord knows if it's not planted but it should be planted um and i put in i was walking through it in my head so there's spent potting soil as a layer but on top of it i have about 10 inches of fresh out of the bag soil and some compost right and so i was walking to the garage this morning to throw something out and i was like what is that green over there just out of the corner of my eye and I walked over and there's definitely something growing now, whether it's weeds or some vegetable, I don't know. But in my mind, I said right then and there, which I didn't do it, but don't even don't don't follow. Don't follow the light. You know, like yeah. Ooh, let me see what's going to grow here. Pull it because you have plans for this space. And that doesn't include whatever the surprise thing is. Now, if you all have seen, I don't, maybe, maybe you don't, this doesn't come across on the, the podcast episodes, but if you've seen any of my garden videos on like YouTube or even Instagram, I am very much like um, overwhelmed in a positive way by, by volunteers. It is like, it's harder for me to pull a volunteer up than it is for me to pull like a plant that, you know, is dying, right? Remember, I got over that hump. And so I am just like, let's see what nature's going to do. I believe that that is a part that makes me special. It makes me happy when I, most times when I see what happens, but there's a time and a place for that, which I know like insert being rigid and that new raised bed and the weed there to grow up in six weeks. It's not one of those things, right? It's right. like rain it in girl. Um, so I think that there are parts of the garden season like that for me. Um, where it's, you said it was like a a lack of knowledge. It is, I don't want to make a decision. I don't want to put in the effort to think about the thing. Yeah. So I kind of just go with it or I don't do anything at all. (laughs) So first of all, there's more than that that makes you special. Just so you know, you're a special person. It's very so, kind of you to say. Yeah, I tried. I was trying to be kind, mm, so I, I hope know, it came I across and, that and, way. And now. my kind response is just to leave it there and not say, yeah. well, of course I know that. Yeah, because I know you know that I know that. And it's yeah. like, just take the compliment. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's, what... That's, it's, it's, He's going to edit this out. None of that happened. <laughs> yeah, none of that happened. That's a, that's a life lesson to learn how to take a compliment. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, no, and you know, for me... You know what else? I was just thinking about it when you were talking. It's um, it's an act of desperation, too, when I start to go casual. Mm. I remember that year um, when I put the wood chips in my garden and my garden just really didn't do good. Mm-hmm. And I remember that year just kind of going crazy planting stuff because I was just desperate to get mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. to go, you know. Um, and it just – I fell by the wayside. And, I mean – I don't want to get it twisted because I, I don't want to sit here and make it sound like like if you're a casual gardener, you don't know what you're doing or you're desperate or anything like that or you're going to fail. 
because when I was a, like totally a casual gardener, I always had some kind of produce coming out of the garden. You know, there was always <laughs> something coming in. It may not have been a whole lot, but it was enough to, you know, looking back, it was exactly what I should have expected to come out of a garden planted the way it was, where, you know, it was like you got one tomato plant and one squash plant. You know, you didn't have a whole lot planted. So I did learn a lot about that. And I, I was always harvesting something. But when that light switch went off and I got more deliberate and then also when I started starting seeds, mm-hmm. that was something that was key, too, because I'm starting to go through all of this effort. And I'm sure I know you've dealt with it. And there's other people that have like you, you intentional, not intentionally, you inevitably leave stuff unplanted mm-hmm. after you sowed the seeds. And that's kind of heartbreaking after you've taken care of them for two months in your house. Yeah. You've gotten them outside. You've done the dance in and out, in and out. And then they just kind of don't get planted. So then I got more intentional about it. And that's when I started really like coming up with a plan, counting out how many I needed, mm-hmm. giving me a little bit extra percentage for you know errors and stuff like that. I think this is I think that's what spawned this episode that bit there because I'm not there. Right. Like um, so it's you know, again, you can apply the adjective where you want. Right. So I can be very intentional about I'm starting seeds and I want to grow these things. So I'm starting these types of seeds. But sometimes I'm just like, I'm going to do six trays of tomatoes because we'll see. Right. And I know I'm not going to, I don't know, was that 48 or something? I know I'm not going to plant that many tomatoes. Um, And one could argue that I'm deliberate in making sure I have enough tomatoes to plant. But there's a certain casualness around like, oh, you know, I'll just care for these things until, right, you know, or, you know, better yet, not even making plans in advance to say, because I'm sure if I planted 48 tomato plants, I can find a way for those to go to use in other people's gardens, but I'm super duper, you know, chill about it. Like, uh, you know, uh, you know what we do? <laughs> I was just thinking about that. And, um, you know what I think we should do? If we can figure out how to do it, we should both go live on YouTube and design our gardens live on YouTube. Way to put the pressure on the girl to, you know, finally oh, put I it together. Put, I just got nervous when yeah. I said that Look. because it takes me a long time, but, you know, I think we could do that. Yeah, we'll have to it, discuss really, it offline. I think it'd be really cool um, because I do think that, again, there are two different perspectives on why my garden would be designed a way and yours would be de- designed a different way. Yeah. Um, I do have one. So, Leonard! All right. So, you know, he's Leonard's paying attention done. now. Yeah. We're going to have to repeat it. But uh, so one of the things that I, I'm looking out onto my front yard and if you are a returning listener, you know, multi-year listener, thank you. And you know that I am easily distracted. Like I moved my like office to the space where I could see the front yard garden. And right now, um, my favorite thing to say with passersby that stop by and I chat with is, you know, I didn't plant any of those sunflower seeds. They all volunteered, right? And it's so funny because it's the proud moment of like, I did nothing and look at this, right? But it's absolutely, that's absolutely the way I feel about it. And I saw all these sunflower seeds come up. Sunflower plants start to come up in the spring. And there were some that were just not in an ideal place. I, you know, in my mind, I've seen really big sunflowers in my yard and it's like they need some room. And so I said, you know, I should pull them. That's what I'm saying to myself. Maybe I said it out loud. But then it was like, well, let's see what happens. 
and you want to talk about like I would have never known um when I listen when I don't I'm not a bragger but this is one of the most beautiful sights you're gonna see yeah (laughs) (laughs) baby when Uh, I tell you if I could just put this in a bottle and and sit and watch it for the rest of my lifetime I'd be a happy gal I probably would need a few other things she said I'm not a bragger but it is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and it's in my yard and I did you know (laughs) I said that you'll ever see not even me it's yeah (laughs) but I bring that up because I had an absolute plan. I know this is the whole perennial uh, front yard uh, street side flower bed. There are a bunch of people across the country call they call it different things, which I think is pretty, pretty interesting. But um, I intentionally year over year added to this bed and made it a perennial bed. There were four small pots, two two tier pots that I would put annuals in and that's it. Everything else is just going to grow. All I need to do is cut down things in the fall and watch it do its thing. That was very intentional of me. Yeah. Right. And so I didn't intentionally, I never planted sunflowers out there ever, but in the spaces I did plant out, you know how it goes, the birds and squirrels drop them off for me. And this is not a part of the plan at all. As a matter of fact, the things that I wanted in that space are being outshined just because of height. But, you know, even when it comes to underneath roots and and nutrients and all, they're being outshined by these sunflowers. But I wouldn't have it any other way this year. So had I stayed the course, had I pulled those trans or those volunteers when I saw them, I wouldn't be able to experience this now. Again, there's a whole whimsicalness around flowers, and it's not exactly the same way when it comes to vegetables. And I recognize that. Um, but, you know, you get some things like some of my pole beans this year, volunteers, right? You know, I wouldn't have beans probably at all, really, unless you know what I, I got volunteered. Hmm? You know what I got volunteered? What's that? Another damn butternut squash no see 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 i can't get rid no. of it i did not so want to grow it this year and yeah. it's back but i'm i'm like you kind of um kind of where i see it coming up i'm like you know what let's see what we can get mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. just see it like i'm not if it gets in my way fine but i think we're gonna get a couple squash off of it fine you know what i mean if but, you had planted a couple of butternut squash plants so you probably would have pulled it right if you no. already had some planted no, I still wouldn't. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just growing out of my compost okay. pile as usual. Now, I will say this. If I had grown a couple plants and then it started growing, I'd be pissed because I'm like, well, I didn't even have to use that space. So. <laughs> now, on your whimsical part, I would say like my sweet potato bed is whimsical mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. Like all those vines flowing out of it. Yeah. Like, I love the way that looks. Yeah. It's just it's amazing. It, but so, it's inconvenient, um, right? To have it all coming out. Yeah. Yeah. But see, I. I deliberately planned for that, uh-huh. you know, um, I, I mean, you roll your eyes, but that's really the case. Like I, I knew cause I've done it year after year. And so I'm just like, Hey, they need to run, let them go. You know, no, same I, with my watermelons and stuff like that. Like I just, I deliberately do that so that I can have that space available elsewhere. So what you're not going to do is call me out for rolling my eyes without the audience (laughs) understanding the context around it. Because clearly you didn't pick up on the context either. Uh, So um, it was like the, uh, you know, something that is. I didn't see the smile behind it. Yeah, something that's unexpected. But you still, you found a way to make room for it. Right. You know, so it's like. Well, yeah, and, and we're used, it's like this thing that is happening in a casual way. 
Uh, but then you are deliberately, you know, planning around it quite literally. Yeah. Um, I think that that's pretty cool. That's, I mean, that's a part of being open and not being too rigid. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is nature. I mean, I think that, you know, for your um, bonsai, right? Um, I think that you're probably as deliberate as deliberate comes with that. Like, that's a part of the practice. I can tell you a really embarrassing story about that Uh-oh. if you'd like. Okay. So, <clears throat> years ago, I went to a two-year school for bonsai and I had a whole like thought process behind it and just just does tell exactly what we were talking about. So we're in this class and we met and there was, I was living in Massachusetts. Um, I'm going to go ahead and shout the place out because they're the best bonsai garden I've been to. It's New England bonsai. Um, check them out. They're great. And um, I took the Kayuku class and when we were sitting there, there was a gentleman who actually drove up to Massachusetts from Washington DC just to take the class. So he was up there and I remember and he was like well known, had a lot of really nice trees. He'd show them all the time, whatever, whatever. And they were talking we were talking about wiring trees. So if you don't know, we wire the limbs into place to create the shape that we want. Mm-hmm. And I spoke up in true Ben fashion <laughs> and I, I put my foot directly in my mouth and I was like, I said to, out loud, I don't believe in wiring the trees. I want nature to let them grow the way they want. And you literally heard everybody in the room gasp at me. And in that split second, I realized two things. I realized, first of all, I was in the wrong place to say something like that out loud. And then I also realized that the reason why I did never wired is because I didn't know how to do it appropriately mm. and that's why i never really did it mm-hmm. and so then from that moment on papa bear got some wire and it's been different ever since so it's extremely deliberate when you go do that you know it's like i want this branch here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna put it here and i mean you're talking bending branches i could talk about this all day i'm not going to go on forever but you know 180 degree bends and stuff like that like anything you want but there was that that lack of knowledge that allowed me to say something. And I mean, I thought that gentleman that came up from um, Washington, D.C. was going to get up and spit in my face. <laughs> like, I was so embarrassed. And like, for the rest of the day, like, I didn't say a word. You know, I just sat there quiet. And But I learned my lesson. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think... Um this is the second time that you've mentioned this or a second time it's registered for me uh, when it comes to, um, you know, really it's from within, right? So the lack of leads you to the certain direction. Um, And how did you describe it before? Um, When you said that you, it was uh, desperation, Yeah, you know, that's what drove you. And it, it immediately made me feel uncomfortable so a part of my listening ear for the show is, you know, hear what you're saying um, and can I connect to that? And I immediately wanted to reject that. Yeah. You know? And so as I was listening to you go on, I'm just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can connect with that. Yeah. Um, and there's something about, you know. Like wanting to feel like you're in control, even of your garden, right? You know, wanting to feel like you're forging the way. Um, and, you know, we're not talking about like big weather storms and things of that nature that completely decimate things or, you know, like uh, insect outbreaks and all of that. We're just generally talking about, 
you design what you want. You decide what's going to grow where in most cases, right? And then you decide if you're going to try something new. You decide if you're going to continue to stay the course and so on and so forth. Yeah, and then you come across something because gardening is endless when it comes to you know, what you could do, how you can do it, your experience, things change over the years. And there's so many things that we could be introduced to that we don't know about that we can reject and reject it under the guise of, I have a very intentional plan for my garden and this is what it's going to be. Um, And so the sunflower story is around having room to, to allow something to happen, having room to, you know, leaving room to be, uh, to do something different. Um, you know, I think that, um, there's some things like if you're, if green beans are the most important vegetable for you and your family, then absolutely march ahead and do exactly what you need to do to grow those green beans, you know? But I think that this is a special time for many of us because, um, while our stomachs may not be as full um, and we may not get the, the best and most nutritious food, generally speaking, there are a lot of us that aren't just going to starve. Right. You know, so we have a little room to, to play. Um, and I take that to heart, as you know. But then there's also a lot of time that many of us are are, you know, dedicating to this. And I want to make sure when I go back to like the idea of being intentional that I am very intentional. I know. Take a swig. Go ahead and drink (laughs) (laughs) about what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, what I'm getting out of the garden and so on. So that's, I I bounce back and forth between kind of the two personas, if you will. Well, so you you brought up two things and I want to hit on one first and I'll go to the other. Um, The first one is leaving room to play. So, you know, when I started this journey, it was all about like the world's going to come to an end and I want to feed my family Mm -hmm. and I want to learn how to do that. And I knew during that time frame, that's exactly what I had was room to play. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had plenty of time. I mean, you you never know when things, you know, we, we didn't know that COVID was coming. We didn't know this, that, and the other, um, that inflation would skyrocket or whatever. But what I did know is no matter what, if I started that day, the time when I was like, hey, I want to do this, and I started it, I knew that I would have time to make failures. I knew I'd have time to test things out. I knew I'd have time to just enjoy it before it got to be something that was like, look, if I don't grow this tomato, like I'm going to starve. Like, my God, I got to have to slit this guy's throat because he's trying to steal my tomatoes. <laughs> Which, by the way, tangent, there's a just got a comment that a lady... Um, I'm going to ask for prayers for this lady. She just got out of, um, she was having a sickness and she was in a wheelchair and mm. she had some people stealing her vegetables and she had to put up, um, security cameras. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's, that's a damn shame. Now she's getting better and she's able to get out of the wheelchair, but, um, I just, you know, it's not a good situation, you know, anybody. And that's the thing that always scared me too was, you know, people stealing your vegetables, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents grew on a front yard of a busy street and the homeless people would come up and grab the vegetables. And we always just kind of, we knew that was going to be the case, like from the get-go, you know what I mean? So there is that. Now, the other portion that I wanted to talk about was the insect portion, the pest, and the casual versus deliberate of that. Um, 
I'm getting the finger. Just the, real the quick. The finger, not the middle uh, finger. I visit community <laughs> gardens sometimes, and a thing that they do is... So the community garden is most times there are no like gates or keys or anything, you know, you just walk in the area and um, they have like the outskirts of the garden. They have little signs posted, like basically take as much as you want from here, you know, and in an attempt yeah. to say don't come inside of the garden because obviously, the, you know, people have their their plots there. And so it's interesting because a lot of what I grow for vegetable and food purposes are kind of closer to the house. But I have been venturing out and growing more in the front yard garden and along the fence line. And there's a lot of foot traffic in my neighborhood. And so I have a tomato plant that has green tomatoes I'm looking at every day. And I'm, I'm curious. This isn't me testing my neighbors or passersby, um, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be someone that's going to pluck a tomato off. And generally speaking, I'm okay with it. I realize that that was a part of what could happen. I just don't want them to damage the plant. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like the idea of people taking advantage of somebody. That, yeah. I just, oh, well, for you know. this woman, absolutely. It's There's no like good side of that. Right, yeah, you know that's that's just not good. So, um, but anyways, it makes me sad to think about. Mm-hmm. So the whole casual and deliberate for pest control. You mentioned that like you're not really talking about that. Some I don't remember the exact terminology, but I think it falls directly into it because and I didn't roll my eyes. Just so you know, I did this thing where I tilt my head down and then I put my eyes up in the sky. Like, hold on a second. I wanted to take the words back as soon as I said them. I know. Well, they were yeah, out there. You knew there. I was going to come out. You knew I was going to come yeah. back. Well, no, it, it, it wasn't. That's not what I meant. I meant like, you know, cicadas, you know, are like, you know, hovering yeah. over the neighborhood, like that kind of thing. But yeah, but it's very, very, very relevant to this dialogue. So I'm glad you came back to it. It is because it's one of those things. And I mean, look, if you don't know what you're looking for, it's extremely difficult to figure out what's eating in your garden. Um, and that's one of those things where of all the things we've talked about, casual or deliberate doesn't really matter. I find that a lot of people have, you know, they'll say like, I don't treat my garden. Mm -hmm. I don't do this and that. And I think the reason why is because people genuinely don't understand what is going on in their garden and how to stop it because a lot of things have been demonized. Um, I know I get scoffed out about the stuff that I do in my garden and how I treat and it's, it's fine if you don't want to treat and you don't believe in it and you're just willing to accept it. But if you don't understand the casual approach will not work out in your favor doesn't mean that you have to have an extremely dirty garden and go get, you know, the most powerful thing and spray all over it. But we do need to be deliberate about it because the fact of the matter is you and I and every single person listening to this, no matter what size garden you are, you put a lot of work into your garden. It's a shame to let it go away to, to a pest eating it. And pests are part of the equation, you know, that's that, you know, that little itty bitty number at the top of the two. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. And that's called an exponent. And it's like the big part of the equation that everybody forgets about, <laughs> you know, or the fraction, the little line. Like I'm working with my son on fractions right now. And he's like, what's that little line? I mean, I'm like, it's a fraction, son. Oh, yeah, that's right. But it's like we can't forget about it. And taking a casual approach and not treating, not really worrying about it is an issue. And we see it in the community gardens a lot. People are inquisitive about what pests they are 
what tests they have because they're starting to see like, hey, I'm having issues. Like, how can I stop this? And that's your first step into being deliberate for this. You know, it doesn't mean like you're going to wake up one day and be like, I'm going to be, I think, what is it? An entomologist? Mm-hmm. When you know everything about insects, that's not what we're talking about here. What we're saying is like, I have this issue. Okay. You've got the tomato hornworm. Okay. Well, this is how I found it. This is what I did. And now you're being very deliberate on tracking this one pest. And then you see another one and then you see another one and another one. And you start learning all these things and then you start learning how to treat for them. And it's great. You know what I mean? And I think that's the, the step that we should be taking for this because I do not, and I stand very, very firm on this, believe that you should be casual about pests or diseases in your garden. Um, this is like, a, it turned into a work call for me just a moment ago. <laughs> I, I checked the time and I said, how, how do I have enough time to dig in in the way that I want to dig in? Um, you don't, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know... And then so we have a good listener question coming up too. Do you, do you, <laughs> <laughs> brother? This is so hard. Um, it's uh, I was watching a television show on Netflix, kind of court type type of a drama, and they said we want to uh, close out today and reconvene tomorrow. This is the defense because they had a powerful witness on the stand, and they want to leave that moment with the jury. And so the prosecution was like, they, they peep game already. And so she's <laughs> like, you know, we're ready to, we're ready to close, <laughs> your honor. And so the defense is surprised. Uh, it's Lincoln lawyer. If, if you all are, are watching on Netflix. Um, and so the moment is like, well, that changes the game. So I bring that up because what she said is a whole episode. What you just spoke on is a whole episode in and of itself. And it's interesting because you and I don't explore this on the show as much. Um, and I'm going to let, I'm going to let you live with all of what you said, right? I'm going to let that thing linger out there. What I will say is um, I feel whether this is true or just my perception, I feel that there is judgment for me, not from you at all, well, maybe not, not from you, but I feel like there's judgment and questions and comments that I receive regarding my garden and me not spraying. Right. You know, yeah. so it's funny because persecution is far too strong a word to use. Um, you scoffed at. I do believe that in in an effort to justify what people are doing, they kind of turn their nose up at me to say, you know, like, really? And so I think that there are two clearly sides of that coin. And I think that um, probably 90% of the reasons why we do it is probably true to what we believe. And the other 10% of the argument that we make is what I'm really speaking of is again, in defense of what we're doing. Um, So, so yeah, let's, let's mark that down. We, again, we don't have time to dig in here. Since you chose to open the can up and go that deep and then leave us only time for a listener question. Um, then, you know, I'll, I'll let it, I'll, I'll let the jury go walk away with <laughs> your perspective. Well, I, I do want to say this though, in your defense, 
Yeah, you may not spray, but I mean, dude, you've got tarps all and covers all over your garden. Like you're doing, you're taking actions. Yeah, that makes you not casual. Yeah, I know for sure that you know that I take pests and things seriously. That's 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 not what this is about. This is again, it's it's an offshoot of this discussion. It yeah. is, I mean, pests and disease are huge when it comes to the garden. You know, I hate those episodes every year, but there, it's paramount that we speak Look, to. We it. did that. We did that summer pest um, episode. And literally, we had to beg each other yeah. not to do it. So, it, it, I mean, it's just, it's an unpleasant discussion. But it's real. It's real life. It, it's and real. there are consequences for any of our actions. And so I do want to dig into that a little bit further in a different episode. Um, and I, I don't disagree with your perspective because that's the way you feel about your garden. It's not my place. Um, but right. I do think that there are a couple of different opinions around that that are probably worth exploring. Of course there are. Of course there are. And now I will say this. Get some bees in your backyard and then wait for the comments. <laughs> so there is that. Um, and I will say this on that note. Um, my my beehives are probably 15 feet from my garden. And I still use my sprays. But I've done my research to see when to apply them, <laughs> if they affect them, this, that, and the other. And I have had no ill effects, no dead bees laying about or anything like that. So <laughs> there is that because I would, if you guys knew what went into beekeeping, you would not take a chance. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, but on that note, we are going to get into the listener question today because it is actually very ap- applicable to this. So, um, let me pull that up. But before I do, I do need to tell you guys about the planter app. So it's a great app. It's all for you. It's for the gardener. It's available on Android and Apple. It does a square foot gardening base, drag and drop interface, thousands of varieties, grow guides, histories. You can make multiple profiles, which hopefully, hopefully, if we do come around to doing this together on YouTube, we may do it on the planter app. And uh, you guys can see how organized it is. Um, I use it to go back each year and see when things need to be rotated, where I grew stuff. You can take notes in there. Um, It's definitely, you can have it so it tells you when to grow by your zone and frost dates. And it's fully loaded. Check the link below to get the planter app. It's spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R. And um, get you a discount today and enjoy the planter app. So, our listener question of the day comes from Spotify, and if you want to leave us a question, you can do it in any place you want. Just if you specifically want it to be answered on the air, just put Spotify question on it, no matter where it is. That would be very, very helpful. Um, We had somebody do that on YouTube, and we actually made a whole episode about it. If you didn't hear it, it was the last episode. So, this one comes from... Get your garden ready for fall planting. Mm, mm. And the question comes from Che. Can't say your last name. I do apologize for that, but we'll just leave it at Che. Says, I'm really passionate about growing my strawberries. I'm already considering indoor gardening medicine this winter. Should I bring them inside or leave them in the tote they're in outside? Question. So this is very deliberate of her. (laughs) <laughs> any any idea of I mean I, of she, them it's, I assume that they they are in a cooler someplace that gets cooler yeah I mean I don't know what zone they're in or anything like that but 
Um, you know, there's a craze about overwintering peppers and stuff like that. How do you feel about that, first of all? So it's added to the it's on the list of probably 30 things that I'd like to try because I'm curious <laughs> about it. <laughs> like you know and if I and there isn't a this isn't actually a, a, a written list but if I did it probably would be more than 30 um, and each year I, I get closer to oh maybe I'll try it now this isn't on the whole three year watch list I'm not that serious about it I I think if I had um, I just have I've had really good luck and, and, and please don't take this as me being cocky because that's not my my jam but I've had really good luck with peppers, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, I can wait, right? You know, so one of the benefits of overwintering is you'll get to production sooner, right? Um, I honestly, the way that gnats and bugs and stuff work in my house, I just, I don't want to chance it. Now I do follow someone, I think it's over on Instagram and um, like they probably could give a tutorial on overwintering. And it really, really, really tempted me last year. I didn't do it, though. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I mean, I have plenty of containers, and it probably would make sense. I just feel like I have a lot on my plate when it comes to things to care for. And that's the reason why it's on the list in my head and not the list of my phone. Uh, but I'm all for if you invest the time, which the reality is it's probably not a lot of time at all uh, to do it. I'm team absolutely do it if you have a favorite pepper and you wanted to produce earlier in the season yeah that totally makes sense um i don't know what do you think uh about peppers overwintering prep overwintering peppers i'm not interested in it at all okay why not so um it's too much work mm. it's, it's too much work and i'm just i just rather it just go away and then come back the next year yeah. and grow mm. it again i i mean I'm not trying to say it's like wrong or anything like that. It's just not for me. Now, when you start talking about strawberries, <laughs> it's 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 a bit different because peppers and strawberry and I brought up the pepper thing for this reason is like peppers can be perennial and they can just keep producing and producing, but strawberries are limited lifespan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think personally what I would do is I would just leave them outside, let them overwinter outside and just enjoy that harvest again. Um, for your you strawberries want, or? Yeah, for mm -hmm. your strawberries. Yeah, we're only going to talk about strawberries now. Um, I think that it's just because, you know, what did we look up? That was like three years production mm -hmm. and then they kind of start to dwindle off. And some of some plants require a period and I don't know if strawberries fall into this this is something that Che could look into but they may require a chill period in order to keep producing as well so there is that I mean even though like a lot of our strawberries will come from California and Mexico and stuff like that they still get like a chill period there's a um, strawberry farm down the road from my house and they're loaded every spring mm -hmm. but come summer their fields are bare empty and then they replant them again in the spring and, you know, or winter or something like that. And then they you think keep that's growing. intentional or you think it's like they have a June bearing uh, uh, crop? Oh, I mean, it's a business, so I'm sure it's intentional, whatever they do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I know they do June bearings because ever bearings don't. I, what I do know about ever bearings is you don't get 
the large size uniformity out of those and it's so spaced out. So, you know, that's kind of, I'm not sure if it's a hybrid. I believe it's a hybrid hybridization of an, of the strawberry. I'm not sure. I can't be completely sure on that. So don't quote me, but I would suggest just unless you have a crazy climate in which it is not going to come back next year, if that's the case, I would do something a little bit different, but so I would um I would I would just let them sit outside. Yeah, I um I have I agree. Yeah, you know, in, in short. Um I've had a few different experiences with strawberries, one in a raised bed where I had plastic and they just they sprung up a lot earlier than I've seen in later years where I've just had the bed open. Um, and then I have a container right now I'm growing strawberries in that was out in the wild, you know, all winter in Chicago. So our, um, our temps are set, said to get, you know, as low as negative five, I think. Um, and that's not been our experience the last couple of years. I'd say, make sure you mulch that container really well. Um, and I have had a container that I brought, into the garage but so basically it was like little to no light and the struggle there was i kind of forgot about it so i didn't pull it out early enough and it got really really leggy Um, so that put some strain on the plant as well um then there's also the idea of needing to make space for them inside so if it were me i'd likely leave them outside yeah and i mean if you get real cold and they're not going to survive, you can do just like Batavia did, bring them in to an unheated garage or something. Mm-hmm. You just want to make sure that you keep them moist. And what I did in the past is I would take and I would um, when I lived up north and I would just fill up the container with snow and then let it melt slowly throughout. Mm-hmm. And then it would help with that. But they should die back to the ground mm-hmm. and then come back. And it's not really an issue. It's a really good point so, about. So they were in the garage on a shelf. You know, the wall of the garage. And there's, I mean, I didn't water them at all. Um, And so, again, they're pretty resilient and the plants were dormant. But when they're outside, they do get an opportunity. Um, Another note, just make sure you have some pretty good drainage because sometimes what happens with my containers, and I leave a lot of them outside, that's a lot of snow to be sitting on them. And so some of them do just fine. Others, which, you know, generally I think it's the I didn't put enough holes in them. It's just a muddy mess come spring, yeah. you know, so you don't want that for the, the strawberries. It's it's, you know, if you get it, if you are in a place where it snows and it snows regularly, this is really important because it is not like your continued watering or rain throughout the season. Like it that's a lot of a lot of water when you think about it sitting on top of that container over and over again and then eventually melting. So um trying to pull it back up make sure we covered all of it and yeah i mean first of all growing indoor i think you're saying you're going to grow garden an indoor medicine garden which is awesome so um i wish you the best of luck with that but as far as your strawberries go just leave them outside let nature do its thing i think overall you'll be happy and i would imagine you'd probably get a, a bigger harvest if you left them outside for the winter and just have them right in line with everything else Add to them if you really love strawberries. <laughs> um, cut those runners and replant them, all that good stuff, or just replant the runners and whatnot. That's what I was supposed to be and, doing um, instead of running my mouth this morning. 
That was on my <laughs> list. I have some writers that I need to to uh, pot up and you know it'll be that's you know in some years real quick note as we wrap up that's a good thing about like being very intentional or deliberate I can basically I'll have new tra- um, strawberry plants next year if I pot them up right I'm in a place where I feel like I could do that this year where other years I'm just like eh it'll be fine you know I'm not even yeah. gonna worry about it right you know again very much more casual but these plants I think next year will be their third year to your earlier point you know and that's pretty much the end of them, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Research shows, that is. So, everybody, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Um, please join us on Patreon or Apple subscriptions and help support the show. And we'd love to see you there. And come see us in Facebook at the Backyard Gardens Community Garden page. Um, there's a big group over there, so... Everybody's helping each other out, which is a beautiful thing. And on that note, I believe that we have successfully accomplished our mission to learn to grow and grow for change. See ya. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.